Welcome to Soul Self. I'm your host, Shayna, a mindset coach and master energy healer here to provide a conscious view and tools on navigating goddess spirituality. Here we discuss all things love, sex, relationships, mindset, manifesting confidence, and more. So you can live an abundant, stress-free life full of pleasure and be the woman that lights up a room. Finally, an episode about the most infamous question I get asked, how do I keep my energy clear? So today I'm going to walk through six ways you can keep your energetic field clear. And if you're not already familiar with this, don't worry, your girl got your back. I will break it down for you. So all living creatures are sensitive beings and it's absolutely possible to pick up on someone else's quote vibe from a simple interaction such as shaking hands and if someone is projecting bad energy it can be very contagious if we're not aware of it our energy feels like an onion so it has many different layers and each layer has a different purpose and vibrational frequency so our aura for example is one of the first layers closest to the body that transmits mostly our emotions and baseline personality so This can actually reveal information about your heart, your mind, your desires, and just like all of these things, it has to be cared for to really maintain homeostasis. So a while back, my friend Monica and I visited House of Intuition in Santa Monica. They had an aura booth and we took an aura photography and it's really cool because You know, colors change often, just like the clouds in the sky, you know, they're reflecting several aspects like transient emotions, our foundational personality, and even recent encounters that have left lasting impressions on our energetic field. Mine was actually really beautiful. It was magenta and it was interesting because the girl knew that I was also a healer. If you want to check that out, it's on my Instagram. I believe it's from like earlier this year, maybe last year, but it's pretty cool. Um, and you know, same way, like if we're having a bad day, for example, the vibrational pattern within the emotional layer, so like the colors that we see in an aura picture, it changes. So if we're having bad years of bad days, so to speak, this vibrational pattern begins to affect our outer layers beyond the aura. And this creates a deeper imprint throughout the energetic field. But we could definitely avoid this in numerous ways from protecting our energy, learning to shield, making conscious decisions around, you know, consuming relationships and even using the power of herbs to clear our energy. So when it comes to clearing energy, clearing the body can happen just like that. And it's a lot faster and easier than you might think. So these practices that I'm going to share are tools to consciously examine what's residing within you and around you and how to weed out what no longer serves you, right? So within these practices, you can consciously examine what you want to keep and cultivate and what you want to be released based on your free will. Most of us have this lifetime of lifetime of energy built up within our field. It's kind of like plaque on the teeth, right? Every six months, you have to go get your teeth cleaned. And 
same with energy think about how much we consume social media tv music the people we interact with it's really important to look after our energy bodies like we do kind of like an overgrown garden you know so full of weeds that it's hard to sow new seeds or even reap a harvest so this is why clearing takes a little more effort when you first begin but once the weeds are cleared and then you can just set a foundation to lay the seeds and all the accumulation of the stagnant energy can easily be removed so energy cleansing should definitely be an ongoing activity and it's really unfortunate that most of us didn't get educated on good energy maintenance because we often just walk through life being influenced by other people's thoughts and emotions. And our energy body is extremely receptive. So without proper boundaries and sharpened sensitivity, things can easily cling to it. So good energetic hygiene means that we're aware of random energy from people, places, and we're actively working on clearing what doesn't feel in alignment with our highest and greatest good. So when it comes to the aura, there's multiple layers. There's your physical auric body, which is the most dense of all, your etheric, emotional astral body, mental body, casual body, spiritual body, then the lightest of all is the divine body. So now I'm going to get into how to actually clear your energy. So the first way is visualization, which can be done anywhere, anytime, walking, sitting, during a yoga class, during a conversation. And just like anything else, it gets easier with practice. So believe it or not, you're not just imagining. You are actually creating a real energetic shift that you will be able to feel in due time. And you want to start off with an intention to release all energy that no longer contributes to your evolution and everything that you picked up on from others. So you want to affirm in your mind, I'm releasing all energy from myself and others that no longer serves me. I do this for my greatest and highest good, highest and greatest good, whatever. And then you want to imagine a ball of brilliant golden light in the center of your chest, expanding the light on each exhalation, you know, out of your chest and expanding it so much so that it grows and grows, spreading the light throughout your entire body like a giant egg of light just surrounding you. So this is simple, but it works. And when you do this regularly, you will find yourself calmer, more peaceful, less reactive, and way more balanced. So this practice alone actually expands your intuitive mind so don't be surprised if you receive influxes of clarity or downloads is what I call them. Um, basically, it's just wisdom pouring in. So the second way is decording. This is a technique that's really powerful. Um, it's in untangling energetic knots from the field. And many of these knots block us from accessing our authentic self and being able to create energetic obstructions unless consciously removed. So it can manifest in a lot of ways, even in ways that might not like might seem positive at times, yet aren't necessarily contributing to your evolution. So a classic example where you can witness these chords 
are through downward moods, such as anxiety, sadness, anger, feelings that like pull your self-worth down, envy, jealousy, judgment, habits, addictions, attachments to certain people, places, being in a codependent or abusive relationship, and a shit ton of more of things. But this cord, essentially, is a connection to these feelings, beliefs, people, and it acts like a conduit that allows that particular energy to come in and out of our space. So these cords come into place because we granted permission, consciously or unconsciously, to co-inhabit with our energy. And I find this practice to be particularly useful when I feel triggered or activated by something, when the impression is fresh, stop, and instead of reacting, close your eyes and try to visualize the cord to that emotion, person, place. You want to really locate the source. And instead of taking up more energy and locating the why, when, how, the cord is there to begin with. Imagine yourself removing the cord and letting it dissipate. And you can imagine or create a sound like if you're sucking the energy out of you, like, and then you just want to release it into the violet light. Um, you want to be responsible for your energy. You don't want to just suck it up and dump it here and there and someone else walks by unconsciously picks up on it like that's really fucked up that's why as healers we have a huge responsibility and we know what we need to do to that energy um but try this visualization for several rounds until you literally feel uplifted and if it doesn't work the first time give it a chance continue the, the practice like don't give up because this one definitely works wonders the third way is to clear the field. So this is a great practice if you need a quick boost of protection and focused attention. Place your middle fingertips of both hands on the forehead in between your eyebrows. Then you trace them up the center of your forehead across the top of the head. So imagine the line if your hair were parted down the middle and down the middle of the back of the head until you reach where your neck connects to your shoulders. And then you wanna sweep each hand across each shoulder. So left hand sweeps the left side of the shoulder, right hand sweeps the right side of the shoulder, and you wanna powerfully breathe in through the nose and out the mouth while you're doing this with your eyes closed and visualize energetic dust just being brushed off and away. The fourth way, which is my all-time favorite, is to take medicinal baths to seal your aura. So mineralizing baths can greatly assist in banishing toxicity. There's a myriad of clays, minerals, crystal powders, and rocks that can really help with this process. And the most basic bath you can take is literally an Epsom salt bath. One thing I do want to mention is you don't want to sit in your filth, okay? That, is, that does not do anyone any good. You want to take a shower, then what I usually do is spray it down with bleach and then scrub it down. 
then I fill up the tub. And then you take your bath and once you're done with the bath and all that water and herbs and everything is done, you do not, I repeat, you do not rinse yourself off because you want your body, your energy to absorb all that goodness from the crystals, the herbs, the oils, the Epsom salt, everything, right? So then you would just wear white clothes afterwards. Um, definitely do not wear black because there's a whole color therapy to, thing to it as well that black absorbs negative and white gives out. So you want to wear white after taking any kind of bath. Um, but yeah, so then you would just get out of the tub and then go about your merry way. Anyways, so I actually wanted to share that I'm a huge bath fanatic, so hell yeah, this is my podcast. I'm going to take advantage of it and talk about baths. My, I have a deep passion for baths, okay? One of the most important things I'm going to say is that you never want to sit in your own filth, okay? Let's get this cleared and out of the way. First, you want to take a shower, then you want to clean your tub, and then you fill it up with water and all your sacred crystals and salts and oils and whatever okay and then while you're taking your bath which you want to have it be a minimum of 20-25 minutes then you go ahead and let the water drain and you get out and you want to wear white clothes so you do not rinse yourself off nor do you want to wear black afterwards so being a huge bath fanatic, I'm going to give you guys a little, I'm going to drop a little bit of history on you, okay? Because why not? It helps you understand the importance of it. And I finally have an opportunity to share my love of baths, so I'm going to take advantage of it. So the ritual of bathing and just immersing oneself into, you know, special springs for curative purposes has been practiced for thousands of years. Literally, Every single ancient civilization esteemed water with great reference, and they considered it a gift from the divine. Indians, Greeks, Egyptians, they all thought that water was the source of the world and of the human being. And in the Genesis of the Bible, water was described as the origin of the cosmos. So, you know, even the Egyptians and Israelites, they used to plunge into the Nile and Jordan River. The Hindus in the Ganges server, the Egyptians in the Nile, and it was all for healing their body and their souls. Um, you know, back in ancient Greeks, Romans, the Ottoman Empire, they had these bathhouses and even the Mayans. I think with the Mayans, there's actually the oldest sweat bath that archaeologists have discovered and it's in Belize. So the only reason I know that is because I really want to visit Belize and I was like, I got to go check that out. So, um, yeah, and it's interesting because Hippocrates, so he's the father of medicine, he learned about the healing properties of aromatic baths from the ancient Egyptians and he developed teaching about using water as a form of treatment that he called hydro hydropathy and Medicinal bathing was also called um, hydrotherapy, which means water cure. But I'm done boring you with all that kind of information. So some herbs, oils, and milks you can use are almond oil, castor, olive, jojobo, frankincense, sesame, coconut oils. Milks are great. 
goat, camel, coconut, cow, oat milk, if you're rich, I guess, because oat milk's pricey, at least here in California. And then you can also add honey, ground crystals, salts, clays, bentonite clay is amazing. And then there comes up, you know, using fresh or dry herbs. So you can actually make a pot of tea. So like one to five gallons on the stovetop with your favorite fresh or dry herbs that you, whatever you have handy and in abundance. So for every one gallon of water, calculate at least one fourth of it um, for fresh or dry plants. And you want it to simmer for at least 15 to 30 minutes. And it's, depend, it's dependent on what you're infusing and you really wanna gauge the fire. So if you're using barks, roots, or mushrooms, then you wanna simmer on medium high for about 20 minutes. If you're using delicate flowers and leaves like roses, mint, then you wanna use medium to low heat and allow it to infuse in the water for 10 minutes. You don't wanna overcook it or else, or else you will damage the medicinal constituents. So you can then strain it and pour it into the medicinal broth directly into your bath. Um, and then for mushrooms, barks, roots, and fruits like cacao or mangosteen powders, and yes, you can use cacao for your bath. Um, you can actually simmer them longer. Just keep the heat consistent, but don't overdo it. And then essential oils. So essential oils general rule of thumb is one to three different single essential oils totaling about 20 drops within your bath but don't overdo it because essential oils are very strong and can be very damaging if you overdo it so to give you an idea it requires like six thousand pounds of lemon balm to distill just a single pound of lemon balm essential oil so that's like 63 pounds of oil per five milliliter bottle. I'm not a mathematician, but I think that makes sense. So that's like 3,000 lemons for a little over two pounds of lemon oil. So please be mindful when you're using essential oils. Um, but I wanna also share some herbs that I use for certain things. So for protection, immune protection, you can use eucalyptus, rosemary, oregano, cinnamon, clove bud, garlic, frankincense, nettle, elderberry. Um, never use peppermint oil ever, 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 ever. You can breathe in the steams if you're like breathing out of a bucket or whatever, but do not ever put peppermint oil in your bath. And then there's also herbs for relaxation. So mint, lemon balm, roses, chamomile, lavender, cacao, which try it. It is a freaking game changer. And then, um, I mean, you could be super basic too. Just use like Epsom salt and water. Like that's as great, you know? Um, and then I think if you want to kind of build up to it, then another notch you could take it up to is having Epsom salt baking soda, and bentonite clay. So these three actually create the trifecta to soak away toxicity. And if you don't want to take a full-on bath, you can actually use it as a foot soak instead. So definitely try it out. Um, and then also 
energetic protection herbs are rosemary or sage so feel free to connect with the power of the herbs the spirit of the herbs and use as you feel called so the fifth thing is to clear your physical space before you get started with your space you want to start with yourself so you want to do the exercises i already mentioned and know that it's vital to have a deep intention so going through the motions won't create satisfying results if you're not aligned with why you are doing what you're doing okay so intention itself just shifts energy so one powerful thing you can do to help clear and bring light is smudging so herbs of protection um, you can burn herbs that have been used since ancient times by all cultures for really clearing and shifting energy and everyone uses sage and palo santo i try to steer away from it and just like anything else please be mindful where you source from so i you know these are endangered and there's also other things with it you know don't wildcraft you can actually use culinary sage it's still a powerful plant to use it has the same antiquity for cleansing um but yeah, that's that's my spiel on sage and Palo Santo. It's just, it's basic and I'm not basic. Like, I just don't, you know, I don't. Um, but what you want to do with smudging is using your hand, you want to bring the smoke close to your body. You want to spread it across the body, over the head, under your arms. And then you want to lift one foot at a time and place it in the smoke. And then to do your back, you just blow into the burning bundle or if it's on a charcoal, and then turn around in it. Another thing you can do is to make an altar. So creating a mindful space somewhere within your home where you work with the elements of having dried herbs for smudging, crystals, candles, images that bring you joy and delight, any symbols or tokens of love that you've acquired throughout your life, you know, put fresh flowers, herbs, and plants on your altar. Another thing to clear the space and such is salt and floral water spritz. So you want to get a spray bottle, fill it with distilled water and sea salt. And you want to shake it until the salt is dissolved and use as you would whatever you'd like. So sage, bay leaves, you can add flower water like rose tea, wildflower tea, or a tea of herbs that really bring you joy and strength um, along with the salt water, right? So you want to keep the mix for about a week, store it in the fridge as it can get rancid, and you can add a few drops of cleansing essential oils as well, like lavender, rosemary. I mean, if you're into it, Palo Santo or sage. And then the fourth thing you can do to clear your physical space is candles. So fire and smoke are key elements to really clearing space. And you can burn a candle and visualize putting all the energy that you want to be released into the candle. And you want to visualize it burning away. So you want to get very centered and grounded as you practice this and viscerally feel where the energy is being lifted. So the last way that I'm going to share how you can clear your energetic field is your grounding cord. So upon commencing or ending any energetic practice, 
It's vital to locate your grounding cord. So imagine a shimmering and luminous energy that runs through you, between your legs, and through your crown. And it is vital to maintain its health by upgrading or replacing your old grounding cord with a fresh one, which really helps you to anchor into the present moment. So when finishing any energetic practice, let all the residual energy run through you and release it down your existing cord. Then remove that cord by envisioning a rose rooted to the earth through its stem. And the rose is symbolic of forgiveness and it transmutes dense energy into light. So place your old grounding cord into the center of that rose and allow it to explode over a vast ocean. And then you welcome a new grounding cord and it brings you back to the present moment. And I just want to kind of reference back to a couple things that I mentioned earlier in the podcast. In regards to the peppermint oil, you do not want to use it in a bath because you will be bone cold chilly on the inside and externally your skin will be like burning. I know from self-experience, it was horrendous. And the second thing is in regards to sage, I'm talking about white sage, which is solely to be used by Native Americans. And there are a range of other sages such as dragon's blood. And then there's amazing herbs like juniper, cedar, um, honestly, bay leaves, rosemary, do your research. There's a ton out there, study herbs. I highly recommend um, Herbal Academy. They have great information in regards to that. They're, that's their specialty. So look into it if it calls to you and don't just do what everyone else on Instagram is posting about. So I hope this was insightful and you put things into practice. If you have any questions or you'd like to share other techniques with me or anything of that sort, reach out to me on Instagram at true underscore unfoldment or you can email me at trueunfoldment at gmail.com. And special news for my ladies, this Sunday is our Bloom Goddesshood Circle. We are meeting for about an hour and a half, two hours to discuss our September goddess which is all about radical transformation. So in Bloom Goddesshood, we go through a new goddess every month, how to honor her, how to cultivate that archetype within ourselves to step into our divinity and be our most full expression and to fully blossom. So if you're interested in that calls to you, reach out to me. And when you join, the membership includes two distant energy healings and also having a group of like-minded sisters. And the circle itself is very educational and very informational because I walk you through a series of self-coaching and it's really just new ideas, new ways to think and just transform and ascend to the highest, greatest version of yourself, your soul self. So until next week, my babes, take care, be well. I hope you got lots of inspiration and empowerment from today's episode. I'd be really grateful if you could leave a review and share this podcast so I can help as many women as possible step into their divinity. To work with me or stay inspired, follow me on Instagram at true underscore unfoldment or check out my website trueunfoldment.com.